Okay, Heather, sing me a song about being in a relationship, breaking up, and the same time when you break up, a bunch of crazy shit happens, and you spend all night running for your life and trying to solve murder, and then throughout all that, you realize the relationship is still there, so you get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Shame on me. That's all I got. I don't think that counts. But why? Since you're the only person here with me, I'll take that. Why doesn't it count? Because that's not about any of those things. That's about her breaking up with Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) But it was a breakup and they got into some trouble. Actually, no, that's never getting back together. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Which one's trouble? Trouble still might be about Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) But But essentially, it's about a breakup. And craziness goes on and trouble happens. I think it counts. Yeah, but none of the trouble in which I described. Well, you know, it's a not, you know, surprisingly, there's not a lot of songs about that particular thing. So. <laughs> well, I had a backup. Sing me a song about the amazing race. Oh, geez. See, that one actually stumped me a little bit more. Hmm. About the amazing race. Yeah, about the amazing race. Hmm. Um, I don't, man, I'm stumped on that one. I don't know that one. Tisk tisk. But I got the first one, so W for me. I already said it, I'll allow it. I don't know why you're acting like that. Allowing it is so like disgruntled sounding, like you didn't actually want to allow that to be a win. <laughs> well, I don't. I never want you guys to win. But sometimes you'll at least be like, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> well, because I'll sometimes get to a point where it is because a good I'm one. fair. I'm fair. And when you do something that at least kind of works, I will give it to you. That vaguely works okay thanks for that no problem no not on that note let's start the episode Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and I am joined by Heather for a very special bonus episode for you guys. We will be talking about a movie that was supposed to be in theaters, but because of quarantining and, you know, studios pulling back movies and stuff like that, Netflix swooped in and got the rights for it, and it just recently came out with the Kumail Nanjani and uh, uh, Issa Rae movie, Lovebirds. So that's what me and her will be talking about. We will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with that movie. And to start us off in a non-spoiler review of that movie will be Heather. Okay. Yeah, I think this movie was, if I'm being honest, it was a fun little, um, I guess, distraction from quarantining and from everything else. It was a fun, just kind of don't have to think about anything, have a good time type of movie. Um, I can't necessarily say that in a normal setting, like if it had been released in theaters, probably wouldn't have been quite as much that, but it worked for the time. And uh, it was, it was funny. Um, I don't think that there's any particular thing that makes it more funny than anything else. Um, I don't, think that it's specifically a standout comedy movie, but I do really, really like the chemistry and the dynamic between Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. I think that they both did a really great job. They're both individually very funny people and together it just really worked. And that was kind of the best thing about the movie for me. Um, It is... You know, it's a it's a fun little adventure because they're kind of trying to solve like a murder mystery thing together, um, you know, while also dealing with their own relationship stuff. So it's it's funny and um, it's a bit predictable, obviously, but it was different enough for it to not just be like, oh, I've seen this whole thing before already. So. For me, it was it was fine. It was okay. It was it was something good to watch if you want just like a, you know, an amusing thing that's more lighthearted. So for that, I did enjoy it. But overall, it's more just it's fine for me. Uh, for me, this movie really kind of brought up some very conflicting feelings. Um, 
this is a very, very basic movie. It is yeah. very pain by the numbers. It You are not surprised for any part of this movie. Like, it just... <laughs> yeah. You're just, like, it's just going through the motions. And it's not even trying to reinvent a formula or change anything. It's just cliche after cliche after cliche. But I'll be damned if I didn't kind of have fun with it. Uh, I mean, Issa Rae and Kamel Nanjani, it, they had amazing chemistry. I loved all their banter and their back and forths and just everything with them. And while watching this, I developed this theory that uh, Issa Rae has chemistry with just everything ever. I totally had that same thought. Yep. I mean, I thought it was the specialness between her and Lakeith Stanfield in the photograph that I loved. No. Apparently, as much as I love Lakeith Stanfield, it's just Issa Rae. Like, she could have chemistry with a paper fucking bag. Like, she's just fucking great. And, like, and that's what really sells this movie. Like, I mean, their chemistry at the very beginning when they're essentially leaving a one-night stand is just amazing. And then... When it like fast forwards four years and I know this sounds spoilery, but it's really not because I'm literally talking about like the first four minutes of this movie. And then it fast forwards four years and they're having a fight and it sounds like a terrible fight. And then you realize they're just fighting about the amazing race. (laughs) Yeah. And if you really pay attention to what they're saying, it's so obvious that they know each other on such a deep level. Like it's not a superficial thing. They very much know each other. And like, and it felt authentic. Like it didn't feel like, you know, it's just two actors saying some lines that were written like that. No, you felt like they knew each other. And I'm not going to lie. I know that uh, Camille Nanjani is with his lovely wife, Emily Gordon. And the movie, The Big Sick is about how they fell in love and, got you know, and all this other stuff. But I also would not like to me, there's an, an alternate universe where he's just as in love with Issa Rae and they're together. Like, if you told me that, you know, Kamel Nanjani and his wife, you know, got divorced, but it was, you know, just a very supportive divorce. They just realized that they weren't right together and they just, you know, it was just the happiest divorce in the history of ever. And that he's secretly been in a relationship with Issa Rae for the last five years. I would believe it (laughs) solely based on their chemistry in this movie. And they are just, they're also just so utterly charming together. Yeah. Like, I, I feel this movie going through these motions that I don't care about. I really don't didn't care about any of the actual plot points in this movie. But I was perfectly fine with just like being or going for a ride just of them being, you know, together in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's the epitome of like they elevated this movie <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. This movie, if it was anybody else, would have just been utter boring garbage but like yeah like just no go ahead watch watching a movie just on them and their relationship would have been a super fun movie just that by itself with no plot yeah i would have loved to see a movie where they're on their way out of town to go to like a friend's wedding and they just have all the fights and conversations they had in this movie on that car ride and like the end (laughs) of it is when they're getting to the wedding Oh, I would love that movie. I want to write that movie. I want to direct it. Everything like I just I want to see that movie. I just want to see them talking in a car for an hour and a half. It legitimately would be just as fun because it was the only thing I enjoyed in this movie. But you know what you would have to do with that movie, right? You'd have to find a way to get Lakeith and uh, Jasmine Scott in it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the couple getting married. Oh, yeah, that there you go. That's perfect. Exactly. Naomi Scott and Lakeith Stanfield are getting married. Kumail Nanjani and Issa Rae are on their hour and a half trip out of the city to some wherever the fuck this wedding is. I like how I called her Jasmine Scott because she's Jasmine and Aladdin. My bad. Trust me. I know who my Naomi Scott is. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's the movie I want to see. You know, I would totally be down for that movie. And then I want to see the sequel that is the wedding slash reception of that same thing. And then the the, the (laughs) third movie in the trilogy which is them driving back and they're giving Lakeith Stanfield and Naomi Scott a ride back to the city. It's just like a one day, but three movies made out of it type of thing. Yeah. And that's like the perfect trilogy and easily you could shoot 
all three of those movies in like a week. You're just done. I like this idea. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would just sell it to film schools and go, this is a masterclass on chemistry and amazing acting. <laughs> right. And all my script would be Kumail and Isa talk to each other. Go. <laughs> just say whatever you want, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just film it. I would be like, just act like you're a couple and go. Part of me wonders if they just kind of gave them the liberty to do that a little in this movie. But I mean, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we get into other stuff. But yeah, there's there's a reason I say that. But well, I mean, I would th- I would think so just because, like, I think some of the lines that were delivered in this movie completely hinge on the fact that they have amazing chemistry and it'd be so hard to write a line like that, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it's just. I don't know. I feel like there wasn't a script. I felt like they just literally were like just doing their own thing. And like, and I was like, I've got this weird love hate relationship with Kumail Nanjani because I, 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 I loved the big sick. I thought it was a great movie and he's done like an episode of the X-Files and he's done, uh, Oh fuck. What is that show on HBO? Um, Silicon Silicon Valley. Valley. And he's done that. And you know, and I used to listen to his podcast about the X-Files. I thought it was good. And I've always liked him and stuff like that. But then I saw the movie Stuber with him and Dave Bautista. (laughs) And that's not a good movie. They don't have the chemistry. But man, like this just made me re-fall in love with Kumail Nanjiani. Like it was just utterly fantastic. Plus Nanjiani with a beard is pretty great. Oh yeah. He looks infinitely better with a beard. And you can tell this was like in his time of definitely getting into shape for the Avengers thing that he's doing, you can tell he's definitely like in better shape in this movie than he normally is. So, yeah. Oh yeah. But he's nowhere near his level of shape that he's in for the Eternals. This is true. Yeah. I mean, that is ridiculous. His, his level of, of muscled up uh, Yeah. I mean, role. it's kind of like the Chris Pratt situation where you're just, you're like, what just happened oh, here? Chris Pratt <laughs> wishes, wishes he had a glow up. Like, Kamel Nanjani did for this for Eternals. You don't think that Chris Pratt did when he started doing Ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Nowhere near as impressive as Kamel Nanjani's. Okay. Hmm. I okay. mean, because like it's not like Kamel Nanjani's ever been big, but like you just it, there's a reason why he like played a nerd and everything. I guess because he's more like lanky and more skinny. I guess right, maybe, and that's why it's more impressive. I mean, he just went. I mean, it's, it's not that it's just like, like I said, he's like a nerd. I mean, he had a podcast with his wife about playing video games and he had a podcast about the X files, you know, and he was on a TV show about developing a compression app, you know, and all this other stuff. He just, he oozes nerd, you know, like, and I, I understand that the definition of what a nerd is, quote unquote, has vastly changed over time. And you know, it's not like it's portrayed on Big Bang Theory, where if you're a nerd, the idea of any sort of physical activity is the most daunting task that could have ever been set forth. But like, you just like felt like, and I don't know anything, in, or I don't know Camille Nanjani's life enough to know whether or not this is accurate, but I don't know, like it just, the idea of him working out, I feel like you just go, nah, I'd rather play a video game. And then, yeah, and then just bam, the Eternals. And you're like, that motherfucker was just hiding smoldering <laughs> sexuality. <laughs> but I mean, do you have anything else to say uh, uh, about this in a non-spoilery way? Um, no, I mean, yeah. And then we could just get into the other stuff. I just, but I do, I do agree with you. Like Issa Rae is, I, I haven't seen her in something I did not like her in so far. I, um, I watch Insecure on HBO, her show that she stars in and that she sort of wrote. Um, she is fantastic. The show is really good. Um, and that's kind of actually the first time I ever saw her in anything. Um, but I mean, she's just, she's a great writer of stories too. And, um, but yeah, I just, literally everything she does she's just golden in everything and she just has this very good timing with her comedy and just she's so it seems like she's so good at like adapting to whoever her her co-star is like whatever it is like you said like she can have chemistry with a paper bag but I just feel like she she has this way of just really playing off of whoever it is so well 
and it's really impressive. But I mean, I'm a huge Issa Rae fan. I think she's great. So I totally, completely agree with you on your point about that. I mean, and then, yeah, like Photograph was like, you do think it is Lakeith that's going to be the one kind of, you know, showing you what's up, but they both do. I think both of them can have chemistry with anyone. And so it was just extra great when it was both of them together. And I think you see that now that you've seen her in a little bit more stuff now. But man, yeah, she's great. So that's all I got. I mean, I've seen some episodes of Insecure, um, but I haven't watched all of it like you have. But I'm, I definitely want to now. Like, it's not like I was really holding back. It's just I watch a billion things. So. Right. And she just she plays kind of an awkward, not nerdy necessarily, but she's just a very awkward person. And just the way she does it is so funny. And yeah, it's she's just really great. I think you would probably really like it a lot if you watched all of it. And one of the things I did appreciate about this movie was that it was very different from her role in photograph. Yeah. You know, it's she was very much more like open to the possibility of love in this and wanting to be in a relationship, but specifically with Kumail Nanjani in this. And just, yeah, her comedic timing was fantastic. Like both of them had great comedic timing. Yeah. It's just the jokes weren't that good. I know that's the issue. And I mean, some of them were because some of the jokes relied on their chemistry. And so those jokes always hit. Yeah, for but sure. Like some of the other ones, you just they don't hit, but you know, it's not their fault. It's, a, it's just a lame line. Like, right. it's just a lame line. It's like they're nowhere near as bad as the example I'm about to give. But it's just like the very ending of the movie Venom about a turd rolling down a hill or some shit. Like, <laughs> you just awful. it's a lame line. There's like there's no way to make that good no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have mattered who was delivering those lines. It wouldn't have been funny. But you know, you just know when you watch it, it's not their fault. It wasn't funny. Like they right. did everything in their comedic ability to make it funny. It just wasn't. And it never had a chance to be. Yeah. But um, so I guess let's go ahead and do recommendations and scores and then we'll we'll go ahead and jump into spoilers. So go ahead. I would recommend it. It's amusing enough to, I think, to say that you would enjoy it. You'll have a good time. And like we've been saying, um, you won't necessarily be like, this is the greatest comedic movie or story that you've ever seen, but you're going to get some good laughs and like, because of the chemistry and everything between the, the two uh, main characters. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's amusing. It definitely, I know for me, especially the past couple of months, like I have just needed something funny and a little refreshing. So I do recommend it. I mean, it's on Netflix, so something you can watch at home. So it's, um, Yes, I, I do recommend it. I think it is totally worth a watch. Um, I mean, I, I think I'll give this, um, we'll give it like a, a 68 um, pans of bacon grease to the face out of 100. Um, yeah, I, I, I would recommend it too. Like you said, it's on Netflix, so it's a very easy watch. And it's something I haven't brought up yet, which I'm really surprised because this is one of the things I always bring up. It's like an hour and a half long. Mm, yep. So it's a very brisk and easy watch, you know. Um, so, I mean, for that, for the, that alone, like it's it's, you know, it's whatever if you want to watch it. But I think even though like we've talked about, like maybe as a comedy, it doesn't always succeed. And as a murder mystery and a thriller with those aspects of it, it didn't necessarily succeed much re really either. But I mean, I think the chemistry alone between the two makes it so easily watchable. Um and with that, like, I, I, I will preface this also that, unfortunately, this is one of those comedies that also does suffer with a lot of the good jokes are ruined in the trailers. And yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah, kind of depressing. And I think that's why some of the jokes didn't land. Like one of the jokes that you specifically referenced in your score with the uh, baking grease to the face. Mm -hmm. For the most part, all the comedic beats of that scene or in the trailer. Oh yeah, 100% the whole thing almost. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the trailer, fuck, you're lucky. Like it's it's great. Then it would have been a good scene and it would have been funny. It's just there are a lot of those scenes that are really that have potential to be really funny and they're just in the trailer. So then when you do see the scenes in the movie, you just already know what's coming and it just kind of makes it fall flat a little bit with those parts. 
Yeah, and I think some of, and some of the things I'll bring up in the next section, um, like some of my favorite parts about it are ones that weren't necessarily in the trailer. So yeah, but I mean, I I still I, I still would recommend this movie. Uh, and surprisingly, I'm giving it a better score than you. Um, I'd give this 75. Uh, 75. Uh sing song sessions of the song firework fireworks in the back of a lift out of a hundred. Okay. Um, so I guess, yeah, now would be a good time to go into spoilers, which also I loved that scene. I loved that scene when they're singing fireworks. I did too. That in was the back cute. Of that, in the back of that lift. Um, it was so great like that. And I was so glad that that wasn't spoiler spoiled by the trailers, or at least I didn't see a trailer or a commercial with that scene in it. So I was that that made me very happy because that was yeah. a genuinely good scene. Like I loved once again, and this is gonna sound incredibly repetitive, but I loved their chemistry during that scene. Um, it was just utterly fantastic, and also like the lead up to it, and just like by the end of that scene happening, like I've got like a little like a little smiling smirk on my face because it's just a, like a fun little scene. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, I loved. I loved the argument, like I said, about Amazing Race at the beginning of the movie. I loved I loved that scene uh, in the interrogation room. Uh, you're literally saying all the ones I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like those were like the only comedic scenes that worked because those were the only comedic scenes that weren't in the fucking trailer. But that chemistry they have in the interrogation scene, like that was so funny to me. Like when they're trying to really explain their way out of like what they were there like they weren't there for what you think they're there for but like just them trying to you, you could tell they're nervous and they're trying to like talk their way out of things and it's so funny how they're playing off of each other it's so funny yeah and then like and i liked the scene right before that when they're just talking to each other and she's talking about how she made a deal and all this other stuff and mm-hmm. like the cops are just sitting there listening to him and the cops are like oh i don't <laughs> want them to break up that would have been you (laughs) yeah i thought they were so delightful together yeah no i agree and that that i think the interrogation scene is my favorite scene it's just so ridiculous but really like that's a scene where i feel like they had to have had a little bit of say what you want to say here kind of thing because i'm like who writes something that good to play off of each other that way you know and And I think another thing about why I I think that they had a little bit of freedom is, I don't know, and maybe it's just, and it could just be Issa Rae's talent too, but I just feel like, kind of like we were saying before, but it just feels like she's so, she's so good at seeming very real in whatever movie she's in. Like, you feel like this was a real relationship. The way that she, the the way they both do it, but just specifically her, just because I've seen her do it in a lot of things. Like she's just you feel like she's just really good at being real. Like you feel like she's relatable. That's probably maybe just how she would be in a relationship and how she would act maybe or what she would say. And I feel like that's why the chemistry is so good, because I feel like you see her kind of being herself a little bit in some of these roles. And that's why it works so well. So that's why I think maybe they had a little bit of freedom to sort of play around with the lines they were using and how they were playing off of each other, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, like I, like I was saying though, is like a lot of the problems I have with this movie are just, they, they gave, they gave away too many of the funny scenes. And I understand that that's a very difficult tight rope to walk when it comes to comedies, you know? You want to give away some because you want you want people to like hear a joke in the trailer and go, ah, that shit's funny. I want to see this movie. It's going to be funny. Yeah. And it's just like when you see (laughs) so much, though, it's it's like comedy writers need to write like comedy scenes that they can film. They're like alternate versions of the scene that just aren't as funny, but they're really they're still funny, but they're not as funny. Just to put in the trailer. So that like right. when you get to that scene, the, 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 you know, in the movie, you're just like, oh, it's going to be this scene that I saw in the trailer. And then they hit you with something else. And you're like, oh, oh, what was that? Yeah. Or like deleted scenes or something where it's like, oh, it's not in there, but it's funny enough that I want to watch it. Exactly. They do that all the time with action movies and Marvel movies and and horror movies and all this other stuff. They need to start fucking doing that with comedies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the last the last comedy I remember seeing 
where I don't feel like they gave just everything away in the trailers was Booksmart. They did a very good job with that trailer. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I think I would also uh, say Birds of Prey did a good job with that, too. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. But I mean, that's it's I understand that's more of like an action comedy. Well, more of it is. It's an action comedy. But I think it didn't give too many of its funny jokes away and stuff like that. And I understand, especially in an action movie and stuff like that, you're going to get more opportunities to do different things and different takes and all this other stuff. But, oh, man, that was just it's such a disservice to this movie. Because I think I would have genuinely liked it more if it w- some of those things weren't ruined. I mean, mm-hmm. that that bacon grease to the face scene would have been epic if you didn't know every <laughs> single yes. fucking step of that. They could have at least not put the whole he gets kicked by the horse. They could have kept that scene, but they could have yeah. like not shown the scene where he's like, take the grease to the face. Yeah. Like if they had just cut to that scene after he chose the other option. Like, that would have been better, you know, because it's like you don't know what he chose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, or just something like, or at least just not give away that line right after. Because that is the funniest line to me of that part. Mm -hmm. After he gets kicked, he's telling Issa Rae to take the bacon grease. Yeah. Like, at least cut that one out. (laughs) Yeah. And I do love how they were, like, even fighting while they were, like, in that dire situation. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have scars on my face. It's just like, but scars are sexy. And, like, they're just going back and forth about it. Like, even in scenes where they're in, like, bad situations, they're just, they're so good with their, their comedy with each other. Yeah. And, I mean, and I, I would have really loved it also if when they were at that sex cult, if they hadn't given away the whole taking off the mask thing. That would have been so funny if they didn't give that away. And it's sad. Like they gave it completely away in the trailer when he's like, we've got a, you know, an imposter in our midst. Everybody take off your masks. And then they're the only two that do it. And you just know that's coming, though. I know. And there was some line I remember in the trailer where she said something about this is like some handmaid's tale stuff or something. But she didn't even say that in the in the movie. I don't remember what she said. um, What did she say? I don't remember exactly what she said either, but she, it was a different reference than Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it was the, the Illuminati. Yes. Which I think it should have been the other way. In the Same. trailer, they should have had the Illuminati thing. And then in the movie, they should have said, they should have kept the Handmaid's Tale shit. Yeah. But like, it was just, that would have been funnier. Like they kept so many of the weird things. Like, I don't know. It's just like that part of it was kind of saddening to me that they, they did that because, like I said, they did take the funniest scenes and ruin them. All. And there were just so many other little scenes they could have put instead that I think would have shown it's a funny movie and not just killed all the momentum when you're watching it. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's like and unfortunately too, like really any of the other supporting characters in this don't matter. <laughs> I mean, and it's not, that's actually not bad because it really, it's, you, you don't really care about them anyway. So it's fine that they're not of any importance, but you know, just kind of like, but it's to the point where you feel like they were kind of really useless in their scenes. Like with, um, yeah, the bacon grease, whatever scene, the, uh, which that one had the most recognizable, uh, like extra actors in this entire movie. Yeah. No, and, a, but the sad thing is they in a camp and the guy that plays Teddy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, which he's he, I actually think he's always funny in things he does. Like he's a lot of random side characters and stuff, but he's always funny. But um, yeah, and Anna Camp, like she's I, I like her fine, but I just this wasn't my favorite performance of hers for the five minutes or whatever that she's in it. But you know, I just feel like they could have actually probably been used a little bit more because they're both funny, you know, but there, I mean, there wasn't, I guess, a point in using them more, but that's the thing about it is like, you, you need side characters because you have to keep the story going. But really, after literally each scene that you see them in, you're like, okay, I guess they really don't matter much anymore past that point. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, they had a lot of good people in it that they could have used a little bit more. Um, the only supporting character that I actually really enjoyed was um was it Keith the guy that he was jealous of of her friends at the party I liked his scenes I don't know why I thought he was a good like little supporting character in that but that's really the only one for me that kind of stood out as somebody that you would remember in that movie aside from Issa and um, Kumail 
I think that's just because you thought he was some eye candy. But eh, no, I mean the one the one I was the the character I was the most disappointed with is essentially the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, he wasn't that menacing. Exactly. He wasn't menacing enough. And they just <laughs> needed to get somebody scarier. He just looked like your like down on your luck uncle or something. Like he just had no menacing qualities to him. Yeah. Even when he was like, you know, pointing a gun at him and all this other stuff, I just didn't quite feel completely menaced. And if you're a guy with a gun and you don't feel menacing, that's not a good sign. Right. But I mean, it's just it's I don't know. I find it very tough to talk about this movie in a way that's like outside of really just gushing about Issa Rae and Camille and Johnny's chemistry or, you know, their stuff together, because there really is not much else going <laughs> on in this movie. It's it's literally the sole reason to watch it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, like it doesn't like I said, there's no real surprises. Anything that could have been a surprise was already ruined. And so yeah. outside of that, this movie just really doesn't go many places. It is just 100%, like you said, elevated by its only like main characters. Because, I mean, they really are the entire movie. I don't think there's an entire scene without them in it. Like, mm -hmm. they really are everything in that movie. And they're always together. So it's like you can't even really discuss one without discussing the other because they are always together in every aspect of this movie. And it's just everyone else is just kind of ancillary and pretty much anybody else in this movie is on screen for maybe what four minutes max. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like no one else is really in this movie. They're just, it's all background. And I think maybe that's where this movie does also fall short is the fact that like you take a movie like game night Mm -hmm. And while, yes, it's the, the Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams characters are your main characters. Mm -hmm. There really is a purpose for all the characters, though. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. And they show dynamics and all this other stuff. And you get different dynamics. As much as I loved their chemistry together, it also falls flat because like tonally and dynamically speaking, this movie is just 100 percent them. And yeah you don't get that change in dynamics. You don't get that change in anything. It's just 100% them the whole time. And so, yeah, like I said, it falls flat because of that. There's no like, and, uh, and, and honestly with that, even though they break up at the beginning of the movie, you don't really feel like they're going to stay broken up because of their chemistry. Right. And maybe that's the other flaw of this movie. Maybe their chemistry was too good because even when they were fighting in this movie, it's like they were so electric together. You still felt like there was love. Like you still felt like they were in a relationship, even when they weren't. And even when they were fighting and talking about the things of that were problems in their relationships and all this other stuff, you still felt like everything was done with an undercurrent of like they're getting back together, which is obviously the other cliche that this movie falls into is, you know, they're getting back together. Right. It's predictable for sure in that way. But like at no point do you really think they're broken up? Yeah. Other than the fact that they say it, you know, it's like the only scenes where they are technically apart from each other is when uh, Kumail Nanjani is talking to, uh, what's his name, Keith or whatever, when they're hacking the phone mm -hmm. and Issa Rae is talking to her friend and all this other stuff. And all they're doing is hearing things about, oh, they're, they're perfect for each other. <laughs> like essentially right. that's all they're doing is like hearing how, oh, they're still so in love. And like, that's the only scenes that they're not directly together in, but it's still about them with it. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And so, like, like I said, you, it, it feels a little bit off because that kind of, like I said, lessens the stakes, if you will. You know, like you never really feel like they're in da any real danger. You never really feel like they broke up. So it's just kind of there. Yeah. And it it makes it uh, it, it, it makes it still a little wishy-washy if you will because of that yeah um yeah and even in the moments when it's not the funny moments where it's kind of like the they're reminiscing or whatever it is like they just do that so well and that's why you feel like they really are a couple and they really are in love because they reminisce and they laugh and then you just feel like they get over what they were bad about and even those moments when they're they have to be just very sincere like um 
when Kumail Nanjiani is in, um, when they're in the store changing into different clothes and he's like, you know, he just kind of gives her this look when she's changing into that crazy rainbow unicorn outfit, you know, but it's just like this really look of like, yeah, I love you kind of look when he's looking at her, you know, and it just, it, it was really good. Like it just, it felt like a very genuine relationship and like one that you would actually see in real life. You know, I feel like all the dynamics of what they had, like you said, even when they were fighting, it was like, you know, they're fighting, but they still love each other because of just how they were doing it and what they were fighting about. And, um, but I, I do think, I mean, it's not necessarily like it was a shock that it happened, but one thing that I didn't see coming was at the end of it when they did go on the amazing race, I thought that was the kind of a fun way to end it. I didn't see that coming because they did do that part well, where it's like, you know, they're talking about that at the beginning and you don't really hear much about it for the rest of the movie, I don't think, or at least not enough. And then at the end, it kind of comes full circle to, oh, they're on the amazing race. Like it, it was a really good way to do that. So that was kind of the only thing I didn't see coming. But, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I just really enjoyed those sincere moments between them as well, because that's also made it feel very realistic, you know? Well, like the only time that you felt, I don't want to say sincerity, but like the only time you felt like their relationship was actually ending was technically the scene they broke up in because that's when it felt raw and they did. And they both pulled that off spectacularly with Mm -hmm. how the fight just kind of slowly devolved as it did and but then like i said every scene after that you're like no they're still together like it's just like oh they're still together you know and like you know like you were saying like the scenes where you know they're just like looking at each other and all this other stuff even like you with what you were saying like the sincere moments like those were done fantastically but like i said unfortunately the only time i felt like they were breaking up is when they broke up and then 30 seconds later i didn't think they were broken up anymore like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and also like one scene I did not like, though, as I didn't like the scene when they went over to the friend's house finally to get what's his name to break into the phone and stuff, because like I understand the whole point of that scene was how ridiculous they were at, and, and terrible at lying to their friends about what's going on. Mm-hmm. But like that part, I understood what I didn't understand were any of their friends reactions. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, none of the friends felt like they were really, I don't know, people. Like, it mm-hmm. felt like they were actors. Like, they were the ones just saying the lines. They weren't actually, yeah. I didn't feel like they were legitimately in the moment or in the space or in anything with Kumail and Issa. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that, I, felt, I get that. that felt a little off to me, that whole scene. Yeah. No, and that's like I said, actually I get true. the point. Because, like, the point is they, yeah, it's a ridiculous ass story. But like they're just like I said, none of their friends' reactions felt authentic to the ridiculousness that Kumail and Issa were spewing out of their mouths. <laughs> Where a contrast to that would be a very similar scene later in the movie when they're in the interrogation room. And like you said, they were told that like, oh, you're not suspects. We know you're not suspects. Like, why would you do that? And then they just start both confessing shit. <laughs> Nonstop. I felt like the cops were reacting appropriately to what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I thought the cops did a great job of just really selling the what the fuck is coming out of these people's mouths. Right. And I do take that back. I do. I did like the the female cop that was kind of in charge of it all. I did like her, too. She was pretty good in it. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I guess that was the one kind of surprise I had in this movie. How they just like sat down and they were like, oh, we've been trying to get a hold of you all night your witnesses to a murder and the suspect still at large. And they were like, wait, you know, we didn't do it. And she's like, no, we know you didn't do it. There's (laughs) like traffic cams and just like a real logical reason too. They're like, yeah, there's cameras. They saw it all. And she's like, why would you guys just savagely just randomly murder somebody? Right. Because it wasn't even like an obvious, like hit and run accident. It was the whole backing over, back over, 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 over. Like they're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that would have been a savage murder. Of just a random person. You would think you would at least have, you know, an assault ticket or something on your record. If that was the case, if you were randomly just going to snap that much, which I know isn't always the case, but I'm just like, it was a very, like, I liked 
that was the one thing I think that I guess surprised me was Mm -hmm. that scene took a little bit different uh, route than I thought it was going to. I thought going into that scene, I thought they were going to do the thing where they split them up and they both just tell this completely ridiculous ass story. And the cops kind of talk to each other and they're like, both of them said the same thing. And it's just so ridiculous. How would you think of it? Yeah. Like, I thought they were going to end up doing one of those scenes and they didn't, Um, which is good. I mean, there's nothing against that. I'm just saying, like, that was, I guess, the one moment in this movie that surprised me was that, that it was just they sat down and were like, oh, yeah, we know you didn't do it. We were just trying Mm -hmm. to get a hold of you because you witnessed this and you're in danger from a guy that is a homicidal maniac. Right. Yeah, no, that is true. And yeah, you're right. The friends just really didn't react at all, like how they should have reacted about any of it. And and it's a small thing that doesn't matter. But there was the scene when they were in the restaurant and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll bring wine or whatever. And then, like, I feel like it would have been good to kind of like bring that up when they got there, because obviously they were super late and they didn't have wine. And they could have been like, where's the wine at? Or whatever, you know, like something where you feel like they actually cared or that they were a little bit more involved in what they were doing, you know, and even just something like that would have made it a little bit more like you're reacting in a normal way. It just kind of felt like they were like, oh, yeah, they're just late and they're just being weird. So, okay, whatever, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying is they didn't react to anything like normal people would, because like you said, the normal reaction to them showing up that late, they kind of did. And they're like, oh, look who finally decided to show up. And then why didn't, like you said, the other half of that reaction based on what had happened in that movie would have been, oh, so you didn't bring the wine? Right. Like you're this late and you didn't even bring wine or something. Exactly. And how hard of that would like that line? Literally, you just have to finish that line. Right. Of, <laughs> Otherwise, oh, what was the point? There then? you guys are. Oh, no wine. It literally takes a half a second longer for that scene. <laughs> yeah. But it's the natural reaction based on that scene. Like, you know, like I said, it makes the it makes the friends just they could have just been other people. Yeah. Total non-factors. Yeah. They could have just walked into a cell phone repair store and told the same story. Like, I need help getting into my phone because of concussions. Oh, no. And it would have made just as much sense to a random stranger as it would have with the friends. I did like also that I thought it was funny how they didn't know any of their names. So they were like giving them nicknames like she's like. So mustache ran over bicycle and like I really enjoyed that. I thought it was funny because it's like that's probably what people would really do. Like they're like, I don't know these people. So they're just like coming up with like random nicknames for them. I thought that was funny. Also, something that annoyed me is that the bad cop wore fingerless gloves the entire time. And you didn't see him at any of the crime scenes when it would show the cops there. Mm. So like in their car, his fingerprints would have been all over the steering wheel. And since they knew it was that. so since it was a carjacking, they would have known to check the steering wheel for fingerprints. And they would be like, hey, why is the officer mustache's fingerprints on the steering wheel? He wasn't at the crime scene. So yeah, that's true. All his like, oh, I'm going to kill this person or, and I'm going to go kill them and all this other stuff. None of that would matter, you know, because his fingerprints would be there. It would have made more sense if at least at the scene. When they're doing the like when she's at the scene and she calls Issa Rae about like, oh, hey, you know, we have your like, you know, this car thing. If he was in the background or something, you know, or standing next to her or something, you know what I mean? Like show him there so they could be like, oh, his fingerprints. He must have accidentally contaminated it while working the scene instead of because his fingerprints would pop instantly. And since he wasn't on the scene. They wouldn't know to automatically like discount, you know, finding his prints like so on an actual crime scene. They always they keep records of who's there. So then that way, if they find their DNA or they find a hair of theirs or uh, a fingerprint or something, those are typically the ones they they, they initially eliminate because they'll, they'll construe it as accidental contamination. But that's why they know who's on the crime scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, because all those people have like their DNA and fingerprints on file just for that instance, you know? And so like, it would make no sense that a cop would do that and would be at the scene or like would put his fingerprints all over the steering wheel and all this other stuff. And then not put himself at the scene to make sure the possibility of him getting caught that way would get eliminated. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I actually didn't even realize that he was wearing fingerless gloves. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, yeah. That was one of the first things I thought of whenever he got in that car is I look at his <laughs> hands and he, he's grabbing the steering wheel with fingerless gloves. So Good catch. Yeah. Because the cop, they would instantly start questioning him about it because his fingerprints would pop, especially because they know it's a carjacking. And he even knew enough to know that it was like that they construed it as a carjacking because he said he went and looked at the footage, you know? So he right. was familiar enough to know all that. But like, like I said, fingerprints were all over the steering wheel. He wasn't worried about that. And it just makes no sense. Also, I didn't like them randomly giving him that girlfriend thing of, you know, I trusted this one person once. And then they kept accidentally saying her name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. thought that was a little dumb. Yeah. I mean, and given so given the fact that, you know, we both had an issue with the fact that most of the jokes were kind of given away in the, the previews of the movie. Did you go into it thinking that you were going to like it more or less than you actually did? Um, I actually probably liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah, because I mean, I was I mean, I think the first time I saw the preview for it, I was like, oh, that could be funny. And then I think because they were it was one of those trailers that they literally played before any movie. I was like, okay, we get it, <laughs> you know? And then by then, because of how often they were showing that trailer, you, the jokes were already old for you at that point, you know? Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I, I liked it more than I expected to. Um, but yeah, like you, like we've been saying this whole time, it's, it's solely because of the chemistry and the dynamic between Issa and Kumail. Oh, I, I, I do agree with that. Like, especially what you're talking about with the trailers. Like it, those jokes did become stale, you know, just seeing the trailer nonstop, especially those days when you'd watch two or three movies that day. <laughs> yeah. And like you see the trailer two or three times and you're just like, okay, we get it. Right. Bacon grease or horse kick. Uh, like you're just <laughs> tired of it. And I think in this did benefit, I guess, from going to Netflix though, because I mean, ever since this quarantine happened, there's been nothing, you know? And oh, yeah. they delayed the release of it past its originally like original movie release date. So I think enough time had passed to where I didn't feel like, I guess, burdened by the idea of having to watch this. Yeah, that's I, true. There had been enough time had passed since I'd even thought about the trailer for this movie. And when we finally watched it. Yeah. And it's weird because it's also like there are tons of shows, especially, but also movies where I can rewatch them and it's still funny to me. You know, um, but for whatever reason, and like we were saying, like the, there's nothing super special about the story or the jokes in the movie. It's more just the delivery of them and the situations in which they're doing them, things like that, that make it funny. But the jokes themselves aren't really funny enough for you to say like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to laugh about that forever. You know, um, so it's an interesting thing with that because there are tons of times when I rewatch stuff and I still laugh at it every time you know or at least like a little chuckle or something and this is not one of those movies where i do it but man if the chemistry and the way they do those lines like if if it like you said before if it wasn't for the two of them doing it specifically it really would not have landed and it really would have been a movie that was it, it would have gotten a super low score for me probably i will say this i will probably chuckle anytime i hear anyone ever bring up the amazing race now <laughs> yeah that's fair i do love that that was their fight like <laughs> and it just like the whole idea of she's like you've never even seen it and you're just gonna like die on this hill right now like it was it was so great and totally something that you know people would do in a relationship and i guess that's i guess that's actually kind of the double-edged sword of that scene at the beginning of the movie when you think they're legitimately having a real serious like make or break fight, fight. about something and then it turns out it's just about the amazing race. I think that's what actually set the tone for never thinking they're broken. They're broken up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is just because of the way that fight happened. You just like I said, I think that's what really seals the deal about that. They could fight about anything, but they knew each other so well. And there's so much else behind it that they'll be OK in the end. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah, that was really a great opening scene to do with it because it really did set the whole tone of their dynamic and just how they are with each other and where their relationship is at. 
And yeah, it, it really was a great setting for the rest of the movie for that. So I do give it that for sure. Also, I guess one thing that bothers me, another thing that bothers me about this movie is apparently they were living an, a great life and only one of them is making any money, really. I mean, he's a race character. She's in what marketing or whatever, but like he's a documentary <laughs> filmmaker and, you know, yeah. hasn't even released his film or never, didn't talk about any of his films being released. It's not like he had really released anything or anything like that. It's just they have this nice, comfortable, amazing life, though. Mm hmm. Yeah. If only real life worked the same way. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, that is very true. But I mean, honestly, they really, they did such a good job. And I know it's so repetitive at this point to keep saying it, but they were so good together. Like even to the point when they're like, they're in their home and like you see the pictures of them together and things like that. You legitimately would be like, oh, they seem so in love. They've been together for so long. Like, you, it genuinely gives you that tone. And like you said, like, if you didn't know that Kumail Nanjiani was married to somebody else, you'd be like, I could see it. Definitely. This should be a thing. <laughs> but, and then it just makes me think Isori needs to be married to everybody because she's that good. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, just so do you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything like that? I mean, I think that's, that's really it. I mean, yeah, just the driving point is excellent chemistry and it's worth it just for that yeah i mean excellent chemistry there's really nothing else going on in the movie <laughs> also that yes so on that note guys thank you for listening to this bonus episode about this movie that is just saved by two actors and really nothing else uh check us out on the internet www.cinemaslayers.com check us out on facebook at cinema slayers podcast twitter and instagram we're cinema underscore slayers we are quickly approaching our 100th episode because this is a bonus episode coming out after episode 97 question mark I'm trying to think of our release schedule Hello. and stuff like that so um just remember episode 100 we are doing a q a we are going to be asking each other questions we will also talk about questions you guys have for us so if you want to uh send us an email cinema slash podcast at gmail.com or message us on facebook or twitter or instagram um or just message us personally if you know us or something like that. Just send us questions and we will ask each other that. Um, anything is reasonably on the table as far as questions to be asked. Uh, I say reasonably. Don't ask us something in completely uh, inappropriate because we just will ignore it and act like the question never happened. Um, <laughs> so don't do that. But also, as Illinois has rolled into phase three when it comes to this stuff, uh, keep an eye out for the voodoo shark tattoo that will be coming soon because tattoo shops will be opening. I'm waiting for the shop. I want to go to, uh, to, uh, to open up, to get it done. So keep an eye out on that. And other than that, guys, even though he's not here, remember, according to Justin, moon Knight is a best picture winner. <laughs>